and welcome back to the What Is Life Dude podcast. We are Sarah and Eric. Welcome back. We have a fun random episode this week. We were brainstorming earlier this morning and we've been trying to kind of take it in a more like motivational kind of self-development oriented direction. But today I just spent like multiple hours downstairs in the kitchen testing recipes and doing some coffee experimentation, which I'll talk about later in this episode. And I was I came back upstairs and Eric had been working on music and I was like, can we just do an episode where we talk about food? Because it's a big part, I mean, it's a big part of everyone's life because it, you require it Sustenance. to live, yes. But it's a big part of our lives and our relationship. It's something we bond over a lot. It's, I mean, if I weren't obsessed with food and didn't have a food <laughs> social media platform, we never would have met, so. That's true. Yep, yep. And I would have missed out on a lot of delicious, delicious meals. Right, which would have really sucked. It would have sucked the big one. <laughs> well, who really knows? Maybe the, you know the universe doesn't like a vacuum sort of situation, and maybe someone else would have shown up in your life, or maybe you would have gotten more into cooking. What if you know? Maybe I would have just—I I don't know. Maybe I would have just morphed into you without knowing <laughs> you. I would have shrunk. Yeah, I was going. Like, I would am have, I getting shorter? I would have dyed my hair pink. <laughs> I would have become a woman. Oh. I would have changed my name to Sarah. Wow. And, and then you'd be Sarah's vegan kitchen. And then I'd be extremely attracted to myself. <laughs> wow. What, what did I say? What did I say? Oh, the, yesterday <laughs> we were, Sarah was looking, what were you looking at? Like an SD card? Or I, were you on YouTube? I think I was just kind of like, so what I was doing, it's a long story, but essentially I was trying to link some, li- I was trying to link my YouTube videos to this this uh, new Instagram profile tool that I have. So like when you look at my Instagram profile and you have um, a video associated with, with one of my posts, you can just click directly to that. So I was all the way back in December of 2018 and there had been a picture of us where we were making sufganiyot, which are those jam-filled uh, Jewish donuts. We made a couple of Jewish recipes over around Hanukkah time, 2018 together. So Sarah had pulled up this old video and she was like, look, look at us. Look how different mm-hmm. we look. And like Sarah's hair was, was it brown or black? My hair was just my, my original hair color. And my hair was like almost kind of long and I had these sideburns and He's I was wearing just his like. backwards hat. <laughs> I was like, I look so skinny. And <laughs> And I, was, I, I don't even know how we got to the joke, but I was basically like, that's the body I aspire to have right now. My own from two <laughs> years ago. I mean, that's always how it goes, right? It's like at the time you always think that you could do better. And then a couple of years pass and circumstances change and you're like, damn, I looked good. You never give yourself credit in the moment. That's true. Um, but I think that came up because Eric and I have been really on top of our like exercise, our fitness game lately. We've been running three to four times a week. And we've been lifting. We've been and it hardening feels good. those muscles. Yeah, I mean, we went through that period of kind of being like really on top of our running game, uh, beginning middle of quarantine, and then kind of fizzled out. And then with the move and all of that, uh, really kind of fell off the wagon there. But we're back on it. It feels good. Well, Sarah's finally discovered um, a running regimen. Wait, is there a T at the end of that word? Mm. Regimen, right? Yes. Yes. Okay. She's discovered a running regimen. There's n- yes, yeah, there's no tea. Okay. A running regimen <laughs> where mm-hmm. she, that's, that she actually enjoys. 
Um, and this is this this means that she's alternating walking and running every time we go out. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of just like a, it's a time for her to think, listen to an audiobook about mm-hmm. finance and get some, get her body going, but not <laughs> try to push herself because she's not trying to, you know, break the the uh, record for marathon speed. Not yet. That sentence came out of my head <laughs> so badly. I'm so sorry. Right. I mean, let's make this a positivity box moment since, uh, as you know, I'm still trying to do a weekly positivity box situation. And I still have not had time to make a stinger for it. Okay. So <laughs> next week, think about yours while I'm, I'm talking about mine. I guess since just okay. you brought it up, I have really been enjoying my little like running routine so as you guys may know, I have stopped and started and finished the Couch to 5K program so many times. We did an entire episode about like our relationship with like running um, a couple months back if you want to scroll back and learn about that phase of our lives. And um, I've just never, ever been able to really love it. Like I, I'm always very proud of myself for the progress I make and I'm proud of myself for being disciplined because that's something that I do struggle with. I'm very like... I don't know if I if I'm in a bad like mental space if I'm feeling depressed I have a lot of trouble staying consistent with things so I'm always very proud of myself for sticking to a running program but then once I finish the program I'm like well now what I still hate running (laughs) and like it'll be like I never I get to the like 5k point and it never seems to get easier or more fun and I just keep trying to make it work because I know so many people who get such tremendous benefit from it you know who say it like helps them feel better emotionally and it gets them centered and stuff and like all the endorphins and and such and I just have never gotten there and I finally just was like you know what what if I kept running because I do like how I feel better when I do have regular movement like a little bit each day Um, but what if I just do one minute running, one minute walking and just alternate and not try to like be super, I don't know, be on top of all of these statistics and stuff that my fancy, uh, exercise watch is capable of giving me. (laughs) So I've been doing that. Eric's been doing like a a 5k loop at this park near us. And while he's doing that, I'll go 15 minutes in one direction and then just turn around and meet him back at the beginning. And I don't know. It's great. It's like the right amount of challenge for me. You know, it's like I'm sweating. My heart rate is up. I'm like, I don't know, depending on how I'm feeling that day, I push myself more or less. And it's just nice. And I look forward to it. And like some days that that we're planning on going to the gym, I'm like, damn, I wish we could just go run instead, which is really unheard of for me. So that's my positivity box. Uh, well, before I before I do my positivity box, I just want to like kind of I want to tell my side of this running journey real quick. Mm-hmm. And it's basically just, you know, we moved here and we had weeks of weeks of no exercise on either side of the move. Right. I mean, we were like getting our asses handed to us by the move itself, just like by the cleaning. Like it's a, it's a physically rigorous kind of thing to move right we didn't have like traditional exercise Mm -hmm. like going to the gym or jogging um but yeah you're right just moving all of our shit for weeks and weeks (laughs) it like yeah that's exercise um so i went into this like oh yeah let's go to the park let's jog and i like specifically didn't have a plan for myself because i'm like i'm not going to worry about it i just want to go and i just want to i just want to do something every day like you said Mm -hmm. you know because it's good for your body but now, since I took that pressure off myself, 
I've been doing this 5k loop and like I'd stop and walk for like a minute here and there and like gradually I'm like you know I'm gonna try to stop one less time this on this run and then the last two runs I've done them non-stop and I'm like oh look I'm doing it non-stop now and now I'm kind of like feeling okay with setting a little goal for myself I don't want it to occupy my like too much of my my brain bandwidth right right I want I want I want my brain to be occupied by work, mm-hmm. our music, the podcast, our relationship, like these very important things. Because, mm-hmm. you know, we've talked about like exercise shouldn't be the thing we're most focused on in our lives when we're trying to accomplish um, careers and other things. Mm-hmm. If we were trying to become professional athletes, sure. Mm-hmm. But it's like, our focus should be where it really needs to be. So I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to not, I'm not going to like try to break any records or anything. And now that I'm doing it, it just kind of is naturally happening where I'm Mm -hmm. like, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to try to get down to this time. And then once I get my speed down to this time, I'm going to increase distance a little and try to get here, but it doesn't feel like I'm pushing it. Right. It feels good. feels natural. I'm glad for you. That's my positivity box. Right. Um, (laughs) What was I going to say? I said it wouldn't be, but it is. (laughs) Well, I'm glad. I'm glad that we're both. I I feel like our relationship with exercise has gotten really good because mm-hmm. there have definitely and food. been right, and there have definitely been times in our joint lives and separately where it's been like kind of more of an all controlling thing, and it's more stressful than it does good. And I'm just very pleased with it. It's nice to not be stressed about it all the time. And I guess like the takeaway here is your workout doesn't need to look like anybody else's. Your level of fitness doesn't need to mirror anyone else's. It doesn't really determine your worth. It's just something that's designed to, I don't know, help you feel better. Do it to make yourself feel better, Mm -hmm. to be proud of yourself, you know. Someone who was on Survivor um, on a recent season we watched, uh, I now follow them on Instagram, and she posted recently. She was at the gym working out, and the caption said something to the effect of, train because you love your body not because you hate it Mm -hmm. and i was like wow that's good that's good i feel like too many people are just like i hate myself i must work out every day yeah it's definitely difficult to navigate all that um so before we get into the main topic today do you want to do our supporter shout out supporter shout out yes of course i do so we actually well i'll go through the list and then I'll say a little a little thing. Mm-hmm. Okay, so every month we have a list of people who support our podcast through Anchor, and they give us a monthly donation, which you can do too at Anchor dot Anchor dot What is life, dude? <laughs> yeah, the links in the in the description of in the, the show notes. Yes. So shout out to our supporters: Inga Pfeiffer, Alexis May, Kevin Dooley, Nina Schmidt, Izzy, Anna Dorica. Megan Stewart, Sarah Creighton, and our newest supporter, my wonderful cousin, Dylan Schauben. Yeah, we were at the gym the other night, and Eric sent me a text from across the gym. He was like at a squat rack. Were you doing like rows or something? Something like that. He's like, oh, we got a new donor, and it's my cousin. And then he was telling me about what his cousin like starting, kind of like changing his career path, Mm -hmm. like kind of taking a leap of faith, and it's very inspiring. Well, it's funny because he... He cited us as part of his inspiration to follow his dreams and do whatever. And this is like my older cousin. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, what? That's so nice. <laughs> and he listens to the podcast. He's not just um, supporting it because 
he's a good family member, which would also be nice. Mm-hmm. I'm, you know, I'm shouting out my <laughs> other family members who aren't monthly supporters. Uh, but he also does listen to every episode of the podcast and he'll text me about it. So I love you and thank you for donating. <laughs> yeah, thank you so much. It was very heartwarming to like hear a little bit about what you're going through. Yeah. Um, we won't disclose it on the podcast unless you want us to, then uh, you can be on it. Uh, <laughs> right. And listeners, if you ever want to like share a story, ask our advice, request a topic for a future episode, you can always contact us on Instagram through DMs. We have a, a um, our cute threat. We have like our like what is life dude and our music project cute threat together on the same Instagram account. It's at cute threat. And we also have is it at cute threat? Instagram? At cute threat music. Yes. Twitter is at cute threat music. Okay. Because some bastard already has cute <laughs> I, uh, I can't keep my uh, mind wrapped around all of the different social platforms we have. It's just too many. Well, I'm feeling a pang of guilt as you say, contact us with your stories and questions and whatnot. Because before we moved, yeah. we got an email from this guy, John. And I, I, like, I saw it. And... It was long, and we were moving, and I didn't have time, and then it got lost. We'll get caught up. I swear, I, we will read the email. I'm so sorry. I mean, we're just, we just finally, I feel like we're kind of just all settled in here. Yeah. That's how I feel, and I feel like now, both of us have been so driven this week, which is great. Mm-hmm. I love it. We'll talk about it next week. Hopefully, I'll still be in the same mindset, but... Um, yeah, so if you ever want to contact us for any of those reasons, you can DM us on Instagram or you can DM either of us separately. Um, our handles are in the show, no- show notes and show notes. we also have an email. What is life dude show at gmail.com. Right. Okay. Let's get into it. How do you want to get into it? So, okay. So let's just talk about <laughs> Let's get why... into it. How do you want to get into it? <laughs> so I was, like I said, cooking... All morning, essentially, after we got home from our little run. And it's because I decided to kind of start making videos a little differently on my YouTube channel. I feel like, and if you follow me on Instagram, I posted a story about this, like, literally today. But it's something I've been struggling with a lot. Like, what kind of content to make? Who is my audience or my target audience? And I feel like, especially because I used to talk so much about fitness and like bodybuilding at the start of my channel, because that was such a big part of my life. I feel like a lot of my audience is more like fitness minded, like very into whole foods, plant based eating. And I've always kind of felt like that's where a lot of the market is. And that's the kind of, you know, content I should be making. But like at my heart of hearts, I... I'm just like, I don't know. What kind of food content do you and I watch on YouTube? We watch people making very fancy, (laughs) elaborate things. Unfortunately, all these things have meat in them, which is pretty gross. But as someone who uh, likes to cook and used to cook a lot of meat, um, Mm -hmm. I appreciate it. Even though I'm sometimes disgusted by it, Mm -hmm. Uh, it's still fascinating to me. Right. But yeah, so we'll watch... um, joshua weissman on youtube binging Mm -hmm. with babish um we were watching a lot of bon appetit before they kind of like went before they blew up their company by not paying everyone fairly right so 
good job bon appetit <laughs> um but yeah so that's that's what we watch we watch people being chefs yeah and i i feel like there's definitely a difference between when i when i think about myself am i you know a home cook am i trying to present the home cook vibe or am i trying to be a chef and i've always hesitated to like refer to myself as a chef but when i think about it if there's anything in my life to which i've actually put in those hundred what the thousand ten thousand hours sorry the ten thousand hour rule you know you with the numbers <laughs> she'll look at her watch and be like oh i have eighty six thousand steps and i'm like eighty six hundred she's like oh yeah eighty six hundred yeah i do that literally every day i don't know why it's such an issue for me but just like the zeros they confuse me it's you do it with other things too but i'm having trouble like it's like placing. very in keeping with my personality i'm just like I'm like very intellectual at times and also quite often very ditzy, <laughs> like a little clumsy, but in weird ways. In a cute way. Well, it's weird because when I'm cooking, I feel like I have so much attention to detail. I can chop things so quickly. Like it's, it's, a, it's a miracle that given my track record of like dropping things, breaking things in other areas of my life that I haven't like lost a finger or something, but... <laughs> What was I saying? Do you need to adjust your mic stand? It seems like it's, it's, it's a little low. Falling. No, I'll do it. I'll do it. You say something. I'll come tighten it. So, so I was thinking today and I was like, you know what? I am a chef because I not only have I worked in the restaurant industry professionally, like I've gotten paid for it and I also get paid to cook now and I've definitely spent in excess, well in excess of 10,000 hours cooking over the course of my life. And I'm not sure if I can say that about anything else, like even singing, even writing, other things that I love and which bring me a lot of joy and fulfillment. It's cooking that I've spent the most time doing, which uh, I don't know how I feel about that. But um, <laughs> so I've been wanting to kind of pivot my channel to do more, not like super fancy necessarily recipes, but just more like uh, what, what even is the word? Like the way I describe it is like if I had a restaurant what would my menu be if it was like one of those restaurants where you go in and the menu kind of changes season seasonally or there's options for like the chef's choice you know mm. like what would i serve people i mean you're just you're changing your perspective from like what does the algorithm what do right. the people who follow me want to mm -hmm. see what will what will do well yeah you're changing it from that to well what do i want to make mm -hmm. right and uh, Sorry, listeners, but when you watch a YouTuber do a what I eat in a day, that's not what they eat in a day. <laughs> They're just making stuff that they think you want to see them eat. I mean, it is what I eat in a day. Technically. But like <laughs> if I really showed what I eat in a typical day, I just like would show like a smoothie or a sandwich every single day. Yeah. And then every week there'd be a coconut curry. <laughs> right. And I'm like, well, that's not really the content I want to be making. I don't really I haven't in a long time felt like a fitness influencer nor do I want to be because I'm not really this perfect picture of health. Mm. And I don't know. I just have always wanted food to be kind of like a creative outlet for me. And I felt that trying to make these like very, I don't know. It's like there's these popular recipes that are like healthy and people, there's a big trend of like refined sugar-free, oil-free, like just healthy stuff. And it's like, yeah, that's how I eat on a day-to-day -day basis. I try to eat that way. But that's not the stuff that really 
I'm interested in sharing because there's so many, I don't, the internet's just glutted with recipes of that variety. And because I love watching, like when I think about the, you know, Joshua Weissman's, the, the Babishes, the hosts on Bon Appetit, I'm like, that doesn't really exist so much in the vegan world yet. And I feel like that maybe it could be um, like a niche to fill. Like I think yeah. like avant-garde vegan does stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Like he's a, and see what I mean? Like when I think about him, I'm like, oh, he's a chef and I have a lot of respect for him. And I really like, I just know people watch his videos without necessarily intending to replicate the dishes themselves because yeah. people just like watching people cook. Yeah, I mean, they're two different target audiences i mean that probably overlapped to some degree but there's a lot of like four easy vegan snacks mm-hmm. um <laughs> no offense jasmine or chris uh <laughs> I, wasn't well, yeah. just, I wasn't directly referencing you even though i am on your email list and yeah. i'm pretty sure i've seen that before but i mean there are like there need to be people that mm-hmm. help moms like find vegan recipes for their kids yeah. that they can make in a pinch mm-hmm. but like like I said, I'm not going to cook any of the stuff that Joshua Weissman or Babish cook on their YouTube channels, even the vegan version of it, because I am too lazy. But I would. See, that's See, a, that's you a thing. would. Yeah. And, and that's my point, is that like... Something yeah, for everyone. Right. If Jasmine and Chris send me an email about this quick recipe, I'm like, oh, I could throw that together. Mm-hmm. But like, I'm not going to like slave over some fancy dish, but I like watching it. Right. And we're not going to make this entire thing like career oriented. We will move on to like more just fun, like anecdotal things this and isn't talk fun. about. It is fun, but I just <laughs> didn't. I wanted to be a little more like, you know. Sometimes I force myself to laugh into the microphone so the audience knows <laughs> I'm kidding yeah. and I'm not being mean to you. Right. Um, but, you but little I, jerk. I did just want to say like, this is one of those things that we talk about on the channel all the time, which is why you don't have to be good at everything everyone else does. Like, you don't have to be good at everything. You can have your specialty. And when I think of quick, easy, healthy vegan recipes, I think of Sweet Simple Vegan. I think of Caitlin Shoemaker. Um, and they they just excel at that. And that's the kind of content they love to make. And for me to spend my time doing that and just producing, like, stuff that doesn't bring me joy, it's not, you know, it's not going to be as good as theirs. So that's why I'm kind of, like, allowing myself to pivot I just, I've gotten to a point with YouTube where I've been doing it for like so many years and have gone like up and down with it in terms of how much like fulfillment it brings me. And I just need to get to a point where I'm like, ha- like where it doesn't suck for me to make stuff. And I feel like getting back to those roots is, is what needs to happen. Mm-hmm. I just want, I just, my favorite thing is cooking for other people. I love despite being an introvert i love hosting dinner parties i love hosting any kind of party where i can make an extensive menu i love like being the one who's back in the kitchen putting stuff together while everyone else is socializing with me (laughs) (laughs) yeah and and that that's why that's the kind of stuff i want to make on my channel is like if i had a friend coming over like what cool thing would i make them that they can't make themselves that they wouldn't want to make themselves that they might not be able to get at a restaurant or that you could get at a restaurant, but you'd pay $20. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I like that in your Instagram story today, you were like, <laughs> who wants another video where I drink a smoothie and what was the other thing you listed? Make spring rolls. Oh, make spring it's like, rolls. Yeah. 
yeah, you and I eat pretty friggin' healthy compared to most, you know, Americans, I would say. But it's just the same things over and over again. I feel like that is kind of the key to being healthy is not, I don't know, if you try to have a new healthy recipe every day for the rest of your life, you're, it's going to be hard. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and we were talking to uh, you, vegan YouTuber, bodybuilder extraordinaire Brian Turner the other week about what I eat in a day videos. And he was just talking about how like the vegan community has, it's like, it's outgrown its fascination with like, Oh, what does some, what does someone who's vegan and lift weights, what do they eat in a day? And now it's like, well, we know we usually eat in a day, but, and now we're bored of it. Right. <laughs> like we, Oh, okay. So it's a protein smoothie and like a sandwich, mm-hmm. you know, and maybe some intermittent fasting, mm-hmm. <laughs> but like now it's like, okay, well we know that, like what else? So you have to like really think about, what you're gonna eat right. but usually on a day-to-day basis we eat the same shit mm-hmm. <laughs> right like yeah we eat spring rolls like all the time yeah. because they're easy and healthy and taste right. good right yeah yeah i mean this all stems from the fact that i just i've loved cooking my entire life and recently i've just been like i don't really enjoy it anymore and then i realized it was because of the type of content i was making and so I guess I want to, <laughs> Eric, just, Eric just got up and adjusted my microphone in the most subtle manner. Like maybe a, maybe a quarter of an inch. Um, so I don't know. Let's, let's, let's switch to a more like, I don't know, any fun cooking stories, any like early memories of food, mm. of cooking with your family, of cooking for your family, like meaningful, uh, memorable meals. You know, I really wish I could make a brisket. Yeah. Because... That's like a, it's just a Jewish thing. Mm-hmm. On the Jewish holidays, we make briskets. Yeah, I remember. So my dad, my dad did all the cooking in our house when my parents were together, and then they got divorced, and we had a nanny who did the cooking while my dad was at work, and then my stepmom moved in, and then she cooked. Mm-hmm. So there were only a few years at the beginning of my life where I saw my dad cook all the time, but I remember him being really good at it because my grandma is really good at it. Mm. She's a Jewish booby and she's <laughs> good at cooking. Now, she hasn't cooked in like 30 years. She does cook because they have an instant pot. That's true. Mm-hmm. That's true. Um, but yeah, so everyone... My stepmom, my dad, my grandma, everyone just always made a brisket for, like, these holidays. And I kind of miss it. I mean, like, it's gross because it's a big hunk of cow. Mm -hmm. But (laughs) in theory, if you put that aside, I really want a brisket. Um, There was once, there was one Passover Hanukkah where my dad was like, hey, Claudia, can I, can I cook the brisket this year? (laughs) And everyone kind of looked at each other and they were like, I don't know, can you? <laughs> and he was like, and he wanted to do it, so he did it. And he was like, I think it was at, at like towards the beginning of their new relationship. Aww. And he was like, I'm going to impress the shit out of Claudia and all the kids. <laughs> and then he fucking burned it. What? And it was like inedible. Aww. Like, maybe not burned, maybe just overcooked. Mm-hmm. Like, like, no, it couldn't have been burned because like we ate it, <laughs> but it wasn't good. Okay. At least that's how the story goes. I don't know how, I don't remember how bad or good it actually was, but yeah, that story came to mind. I know it wasn't about me cooking, but. It doesn't have to be. It could be any, any of that is fun. I feel like to share. Mm. I feel like food is such a, I don't know. It's such, um, 
I mean, everyone does it every single day, hopefully, uh, unless you're on some weird fasting shit, <laughs> which I mean, <laughs> good on you, I guess. <laughs> either fasting or fast food right. shit. Um, so like the, like food is just such an opportunity for people to bond because everyone loves it. Even if everyone's not quite as obsessed with it as we are, um, everyone likes it. So I just feel like it's such, um, it's just a way to like foster togetherness and community. Do you know what I mean? There definitely are people who don't like food, right? Maybe. Like, like, like there are some people who don't really like music, you know? They're they're kind of like yeah I'll listen to it if it's on but I don't go out of my way to like listen to music. These are the people who are keeping Soylent in business. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yes, mm. they all live in San Francisco. Yeah, but I wonder. So I wonder if there are people who are just like I don't care what I eat. Just you know, right? Just give me well, yes, give me Soylent. Yeah. So give me your earliest memory of cooking. Cooking. Um, probably making a beef stew or a chili with my dad. Beef. Beef stew. Beef stew. <laughs> okay. Um, which is probably why I like making those two things so much. I'm a big fan of putting a lot of good things in a pot and seasoning it well and letting mm-hmm. it sit for like four hours. Tell Be- them your secret chili ingredient. My secret. If that's authorized. Um, infant blood. Oh. Oh, not that one. <laughs> The safe for work chili ingredient? I, I don't know what it is. Beer. Eric oh. puts beer in his chili. Is that not normal? I've never seen that done. I mean, I know, I know people do like cocoa powder. Oh, really? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to Google it real quick. Yeah, I think actually I have seen like cocoa powder or, or like even cinnamon maybe. The cocoa powder makes sense to me because isn't like mole a little cocoa-y? I could be entirely wrong. But see, that's why I'm kind of excited to start making more in-depth recipes that are like not for the uh, average like weeknight dinner. You know what I mean? Because I feel like that's going to encourage me to learn more about other um, like international international cuisines. Like I've never made mole. Mm. I've never made homemade enchilada sauce. Like I I just want to have fun cooking projects to do i want to make tamales again this year we did that two years ago again with my sister Mm. and they were so good and i just because i'm so busy making like uh, the most boring content i just i don't get to have fun with food the way i used to anyway continue uh there wasn't much to continue on about (laughs) i looked it up and people put beer and chili okay it's just in some recipes so how old were you in these memories like also do you remember things like with images yeah like Mm -hmm. i remember our kitchen Mm -hmm. our old kitchen um so i was probably i don't know like five six Mm. i that's what i remember it could really could be any age do you remember cooking like with your sister and dad or was it just like you and your dad thing you know sorry lauren i don't remember you being there okay but what about you because i know you i know you got your your cooking interest Mm-hmm. from your dad yeah my mom and dad both like to cook and actually i think i remember my mom cooking more often when we were growing up because she was a stay-at-home mom so i remember her I, I like i remember cooking with her more often but i do remember making like lasagna with my dad i remember making meatballs mm. with the lasagna i just remember i really liked uh scooping out the ricotta <laughs> um 
and like you laying, mean like from laying, the container. Well, like you get to when you're making a maybe this is not the case for everyone, but you know how you put just like dollops of ricotta. Mm-hmm. You don't like necessarily spread it, but I just remember like I like doing that as a little child. I also remember I had this like kids cookbook that we got from might have just been Barnes and Noble, but I had like a this. My mom still has it, by the way. My mom made this chili recipe the like week or second week after we had moved here. And she used the recipe that I used my entire childhood and growing up. It's for tasty turkey chili. And I remember going to the store with my dad once and we couldn't find tomato paste. I just have this very like random vivid memory of being very small and like asking an employee like, where's the tomato paste? (laughs) Would you do that now? Asking an employee where something is? I've never seen you do that. No, I don't like to do it. I'd much rather have me do it. Look endlessly. Have Eric do it. Yeah. <laughs> and I would. I would just run around yelling until someone assisted Help! me. Help! Help! Right. Oh, can I can I go on a, off on a tangent about tomato paste quickly? Go for it. Um, one of the first times I used tomato paste that Sarah had purchased for us, I emptied far too much of the tube by accident because I squeezed the ever-living hell out of it. <laughs> because my stepmother, she tends to... Um, let things sit fester if you will in the refrigerator we have a whole story about that that i can share at some point um and i always thought tomato paste was supposed to i always thought it was supposed to be a struggle to get the tomato paste out of the tube (laughs) so when i use sarah's i squeezed it really hard and it like all came out yeah and then i realized that it's just because the tomato paste that was usually in our house had been crusty. sitting there for a while and was quite crusty and thick. Mm. So, gross. I just want to also have a little moment where I evangelize in favor of tomato paste in a tube rather than in a can. Because? Because so rarely do you actually need the entire volume of the little can. You just really usually need a, like a tablespoon or two. And uh, the tube makes it better. Why is the can so big? It's so concentrated. I mean, it's smaller <sighs> than any other can of anything. I don't know, probably just because it's less expensive to manufacture a can than a a tube. Yeah. Interesting. (laughs) Um, Okay, so when was the first, what was the first restaurant you worked at? I've worked at one restaurant. Really? It's called... Only one? It was called La Boulange, as we call it now, in retrospect, La (laughs) Boulange, because... It was a harrowing time in my life. I use the word harrowing a lot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Did you say la I need a new one. La lounge. Okay. I talked over you. <laughs> yes. I'm sorry. I was a line cook there and I was a prep cook. I was a prep cook. Actually, I was a barista first and then I was a cashier and then I was going to leave to work at another restaurant. It was a gluten-free bakery in the Bay Area. That's a story. Right. My hours were 2 a.m. to 11 a.m., and I worked there three days, and then I quit. Because your boss was a insufferable she was, <laughs> asshole? She was power tripping. She was, mm. you know, like the stereotypes they have about chefs where they're like very... Mm, Cutthroat? They have big egos. You know, oh, it's not always yeah, okay. true, but it was she, was she was the picture of the egoic chef. So what happened? How did that stint come to termination i just emailed them one morning and i was like sorry not coming in not a good culture fit i'm not like a mean i don't like to fight with people so i just kind of like left it at that 
And then she responded and she was like, what do you, can you explain a little bit more so we know when we're hiring the next person? And then I didn't respond. (laughs) But basically I used the fact that I had a job lined up there as a bargaining chip at La Boulange to get them to let me go back to the prep cook Mm. position. So I did that for a while. As opposed to being a line cook? No, no, no. So I was a... I was a barista at the time. I was like, I really want to get back into the kitchen. They were like, no, we really need you front of house because there was much higher turnover front of house. Mm. And then I was like, listen, I'm going to (laughs) leave if you don't let me. Because I had some some overlap between... Because this this bakery wanted me to start like right away. This bakery. Bakery. Daggum bakery wanted me to start right away. Um, You fool. Uh, they wanted to pay me in quiche. Um, what? <laughs> so where was I going with this? Oh, so I, I was like, listen, I, I'm going to have to leave and take this higher paying kitchen position if you guys don't switch me to back of house. Mm-hmm. And then uh, magically, and <laughs> there was an opening. And then I got to do prep cook work. What were your duties? As a prep cook? Mm-hmm. Uh, there were many of them. <laughs> if you think it's boring, we don't have to talk about no, no, it. No, no, I mean, I so first off, every day we would get a delivery of like the food and I would have to unpack it and label it and date it uh, in the big walk-in fridge. And then, so this restaurant was like a fast casual sort of cafe. So did a lot of salads, did a lot of sandwiches, did a lot of like uh, tartine, like open-faced sandwiches that we would like broil and we would actually every day pre-assemble some of the open-faced sandwiches. Like there's a tuna melt. There was like a creamy mushroom, cheesy sort of sandwich. And we would assemble those, put them out on a tray with parchment in between them. Um, and then they'd be underneath the the cooking area for the line cooks. So they could just like take them out, pop them in the oven, broil them, and then serve them. So just a bunch of like just prep work, preparing, like slicing all the salad ingredients. Oh, I would crack cases and cases of eggs every single day um did it just go into like a vat yeah so like With they, egg liquid <laughs> right so we had we had pre-scrambled eggs so that the line cooks didn't have to do that because we made a lot of omelets and scrambles that was like our most popular time was brunch so we just have those like gigantic crates of eggs and i just have one in each hand i'd just be cracking them one at like two at, two a, at time. a time and then you crack them into, I don't know what this thing is called. I think it might be called a chinois. It's like this big sieve that's like conical. Have you seen one of those? Mm-mm. So we'd crack it into that uh, so that we could like get out any like, you know how eggs are sometimes like membranous <laughs> and like any shells that got through. And we just make like quarts and quarts and quarts of scrambled eggs. It's really funny learning about how restaurants work when mm-hmm. like, before you've ever worked in one yeah, or watched a lot of diners, drive-ins and dives, for example. <laughs> yeah. But the pizza place I worked at in high school and college, um, just like one random tidbit that comes to mind about how they did stuff was because they made pizza, but also Italian food and they would parboil all their pasta. Right. So then they didn't have to cook it for the entire time when they were trying to put dishes out. So they, they just had in the in the refrigerators, they just had little Ziploc bags of single servings of pasta, mm-hmm. and they would just dump it in the water for like two minutes, and then and then it'd be done. Right. And I was just like, literally have, I would never have guessed that that happened. 
at a restaurant. So <laughs> the more you know. Are you okay? Yeah. She's itching her eye fervently. It was not fervent whatsoever. You it looked was like just you like had a, like a, uh, a subtle little eye scratch. Is this conversation making you hungry? Are you hungry? Yes. I'm not hungry on account of the fact that I <laughs> made a bread recipe, which I'll get into because it was a little bit of a debacle, a lot of bit of a debacle. Uh, I made a no need bread recipe this morning, as well as I tested, <laughs> I tested a pumpkin scone recipe that I want to put on my blog. Because I've been going mad with the like seasonal fall recipes because I want to do my for my first like set of this new style of video I want to do like what I eat in a day if I have, was running a restaurant and I could eat whatever the fuck I wanted. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, it's more like a tasting menu than a what I eat in a day. Yeah, I haven't decided what we're actually going to call the series. If you have any ideas, let me know. But it's framed as a what I eat in a day video because of youtube because of the algorithm um so i just want to do like breakfast lunch dinner maybe dessert a coffee drink maybe and i'm gonna have different themes so i'm just going hard with the autumnal stuff right now so i'm testing a pumpkin scone recipe boy they were the first batch was good good. let's talk about because we had a brief conversation about this recently how do you think our cooking would differ if we weren't vegan? Right. This is something, yeah, we were talking about this because I feel like Eric and I are both such foodies and we're both not picky in the least. And we would just be like flying around to all different parts of the world eating the weirdest shit they have. Let's go over all the weird shit we've eaten in our lives. What's the weirdest thing you've ever eaten? I don't know that I've eaten that much weird shit because I have been vegetarian for a long time. I, oh yeah you were vegetarian long before i mm-hmm. yeah i've eaten some it's really it's it's strange knowing that i've eaten pig brain before mm. while also having a tattoo of a pig on my arm to indicate that i will never eat pigs again <laughs> the pig is within you yes and i have all of its thoughts because i <laughs> ate its brain once upon a time um i mean i don't think we'd make like steak I was never huge into steak. Me neither. But that's like, that's what like fancy. Yeah. That's like the fancy dish. That's what our friend Robbie makes when he wants to impress someone. Same with like my dad growing up is like, you know, like there's always some meat that's the center of every holiday menu. You know, there's like the turkey, the holiday ham, ham. right? Like a roast. A brisket. And that's the stuff that I I never learned how to cook. I, I couldn't tell you how to cook any kind of meat that's not chicken or, or fish because I just never, I wasn't eating, I wasn't an omnivore for long enough. Hmm. Yeah, I just, I wonder what kind of like weird, I, I don't know. It's it's so hard to say because so many things gross me out. I, I feel like, I feel like I would just make a lot of chicken like with different marinades and sauces mm-hmm. like we do with tofu and whatnot. Yeah. But that's the one thing lacking from cooking as a vegan yeah is being able to have a big slab of like protein i don't want a big slab of seitan it just <laughs> tastes like proteiny bread yeah but i mean well we're probably better off i mean just wait like i feel like a couple years from like as we move forward into the future the meat analogs are going to become more and more like freakishly realistic yeah i mean it, it, i feel like i've been vegan for so long that I mean, I used to be such a big meat person. I just, I have this memory. <laughs> I was like on and off vegetarian throughout college. 
because like I would mostly be vegetarian in my like at the dorms and anytime I was cooking my own meals but like if I went out to a restaurant I would get meat or if like there was like a party you know and mm. there was like a burger that I could have there I'd eat it you're very you're very you're Fidgety. moving around a lot and I'm worried that it's not um it's gonna be fine Okay. This is a high-powered microphone. Okay. <laughs> and this is how much I'm always fidgety. Okay. okay. So, so I have this memory of like we, a bunch of our friends, we had like a Fourth of July sort of get together, and there were just leftover grilled burger patties in the fridge, just like stacked on top of each other. And I remember like I was trying to be like vegetarian, vegan at the time. And I just ate like four hamburger, just hamburger <laughs> patties with nothing on them. Cold? Yeah. Well, because I was trying to like not be seen. Oh, uh, so you just shoveled not, them in? Not because like, uh, I, I don't know. I was like a little weirded out by it. But anyway, it was many, many years ago. So I like, I was that person. I, I never, I don't know. I just loved meat so, so much. But, and the other day, my mom and sister were making ribs and I smelled them and I was like, I think I've been vegan for so long that like the smell of it grosses me out now. It's just very, some things to me, sometimes I'll smell things like if you're like, I I don't know, like if we drive past McDonald's and I smell the McNuggets, Mm -hmm. I'm like, "Mm, that's it's fried. That's (laughs) fried food. It smells like food. Yeah. And then there are some things where I'm like, that smells you like alive. something's dead. <laughs> yeah. And that's definitely something that has come up with living with Sarah's family, mm. non-vegan people, mm-hmm. is I'm just like, wow, these things don't smell correct. I never thought that that would happen because I just always loved meat so much. But yeah. yeah. It's disturbing. <laughs> um, is there anything you've always wanted to cook, like a dish you've always wanted to cook that you haven't? mm I know I have. I know we have a joint one. I just don't know if you'll remember in the moment. What have we talked about this? Mm-hmm. What is it? Bow. Oh yeah, we should see. This is another great opportunity to do that. Yeah, new yeah. cuisine. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So we're referring to bow buns. Is that mm-hmm. how you say it? Bow. I mean, sure. They're. I mean, how do you actually? <laughs> no, say I don't it? know. Oh, I, I, it is bow, but I'm sure there's some sort of like nuance that. Right. We so have if we're Chinese. Right. Yeah. So they're like these little steamed Chinese buns. Yeah. Um, they're usually filled with like pork and veggies and... Barbecue some... pork. Mm. Mm-hmm. So we've been wanting to try those for, you know, our entire relationship. Right. But I, I, why have we... I why? did try to make them many years ago and they were, I don't know, something was a little wrong. I feel like I'm a much better cook now. So that I wanted... Of course you I are. definitely want to have... I just miss like when I was like growing up or when, even when I was in college... And like cooking wasn't my career and my life. I would just be like, I would set aside time on a weekend to have a food project. Mm. And I really miss that. And I want to do that yeah. together because right now, usually now, because I'm always filming everything. If I'm making a more in-depth recipe, like Eric's not usually involved, but I feel like it's such a great opportunity to bond. You know what I mean? I agree. Yeah, we should, we should put it aside time where... Now, I'm sorry, viewers of Sarah's Vegan Kitchen, <laughs> but we should put aside time where we make something and yeah. spend a l- large portion of time in the kitchen, mm-hmm. watching something. Drinking. Drinking <laughs> and not 
filming it. Right. Just yeah. Because you know we're allowed to do that. <laughs> it's it's really a struggle like to always feel like you need to monetize your hobbies, which is yeah. a whole another episode. Yeah. But yeah, that like the bow gyoza I've made before and it was like very fun. I I made like the wrappers from scratch too. Mm. And they're so good. And like as far as bow goes, um so I'm half Filipino and I feel like there's some Chinese influence in Filipino cuisine. Like we were watching uh what what I mean, I guess it's been on a couple of seasons of Survivor where they have these gross food challenges and they and Jeff makes them eat um balut, mm. which is the fertilized duck egg where there's like a, a proper like duck embryo or fetus. I don't know what the proper Same. gestational term is for <laughs> <laughs> I think it's an embryo. Right. So there's like a mostly formed little baby duck inside the egg and you eat it. Um, so that's like a thing that they had in Survivor China and also it's a Filipino thing too. Mm-hmm. So growing up, we had these things. I don't know what the word is. I, I Honestly, I wish I knew how to speak Tagalog, but I don't. But we'd call it shubao. And it was just bao dough, like the steamed buns, but with like different things in it. And like my sister always liked the pork ones and like they would put like chopped up hard boiled egg in them too. So I feel like, I wonder if there's like some sort of way I can veganize like a Filipino version of that too. We should just make the bao dough mm-hmm. and then just make like eight different fillings. Yeah. And just like, have a freaking party with yeah. bow yeah and i'll <laughs> i'll buy some um some sapporo or some sing tao yeah honestly all of those like asian loggers pilsners mm-hmm. they all basically taste the same yeah and they're all they all basically taste like budweiser yeah um but they go really well with stuff like that right so we should do that yeah, there's just so many projects. What else should we make? Like I said, I really want to do tamales again. I want to do like, obviously, like like the filling. I want to do some sort of like really long, slow cooked like jackfruit with a really savory seasoning. And I want to make homemade green chili sauce and like red red enchilada sauce mm. for that too. Remember when we were watching Diners, Drive-Ins, and Dives the other day? Mm-hmm. And I made a joke about MSG. <laughs> and then one second later on the TV, the chef w- said to Guy Fieri, he was like, oh, yeah, this is MSG. And Sarah <laughs> and I looked at each other like, you manifested what? MSG. The universe, this is nothing, this, nothing's real. <laughs> nothing's real. Um, Yeah, th- there's something about like the fall, winter. Mm-hmm. I think because my first memories of cooking are like a, a big stew or chili or lasagna, l- lasagna. Mm-hmm. Las- I'm tired lasagna <laughs> where like I just like making those things I like at like three o'clock putting everything together and letting it sit and then like at six o'clock we eat it mm-hmm. and I like being in charge of it but it's not like excruciating effort it's mm-hmm. only it's one pot you mm-hmm. know I'm super into that so I wonder if there are more things it's also hard because it's not really fall here it's like mildly chilly well it's funny we're we were at the park this morning and it was like 60 degrees when we woke up, which like in Colorado, that's that's a decently warm day. It, it feels a little cooler here because it's humid, but we're at the park and a bunch of people are wearing pants and like hoodies and we're in our shorts. And I'm like, I hope that I retain my level of uh, what's the word resistance to the cold yeah, that yeah. I developed in Colorado. 
Because I definitely warm, remember I used to be, blood. yeah, I used to be really cold when it was 60 degrees. And now I'm like, oh, it's nice. Yeah, I think I've said this on the podcast, but it'll be like 85 degrees downstairs in the living room. And Sarah's <laughs> mom's like, I'm getting a little chilly. And I'm like, you Californians are absolutely psycho. I'm like, I would peel my skin off if I could down here. Um, before we wrap up, do you want to get to the bread debacle? Oh, yeah. I, I would love to hear it. Well, okay, let's let's make this our negativity box moment. Mm-hmm. This is great. So I I love the New York Times no-need bread recipe. It's very simple. I think it's four ingredients. It's flour, yeast, water, and salt. And the entire concept is that instead of kneading things to develop the gluten, you just you put in a small amount of yeast and it proliferates and proliferates and it leavens your bread. Um, and you let it rest overnight, like at least... 12 hours up to 18 and it's great it's very low effort you don't have to employ any uh, elbow grease <laughs> so that's I the just, secret ingredient i don't grease know from your elbow <laughs> right I, I have this thing where i just i don't like to do the same thing more than once really which i mean it's funny that goes against your job like yeah that goes against what i said earlier where i said we repeat uh recipes every week that's true. But like if I'm going to make like a f- something that takes a little bit more time and commitment, I like to try new things. So I've made the no- the New York Times recipe a couple times and I was like, you know what? Let's try a new no-need recipe today. You know, just like a slightly different proportions. And this, it just turned out like straight up soup. It, I added like an extra fourth cup flour, still way too loose. I just gave up. I, it took like in the process of trying to shape it into a loaf. I like so much dough stuck to my hands that I think I threw out like a, a quarter of the bread, a quarter of the dough <laughs> cleaning my hands. So it was too sticky. And then it turned into a puddle of dough. Yes. Where it was like flat mm-hmm. and very juicy right so not how bread <laughs> dough is supposed to be can you can you describe how bread dough is supposed to be at this stage i mean it's just supposed to be tacky to the touch but it's supposed to be manageable like, like a you're soft, supposed to be able to handle ball. it like a baby what <laughs> like a, like a cat's head <laughs> a cat's okay i've never heard it described like that but that's i think okay. it was paula dean who said that she like described i don't remember exactly oh but she was like it should be roughly the size of a cat's head. <laughs> I think it was it a description a, of like biscuit dough or something. It should have a soft spot like your baby. <laughs> yeah, but it should feel like a baby, right? Okay. okay. So it just wasn't happening for me. I finally gave up. I was like, this is going to have to be focaccia or something. But I don't know. We baked it. It tastes fine. It's extremely crunchy. Like not like... <laughs> crispy and flaky like a cracker <laughs> with a loaf of bread on the inside yeah it's it's weird it's still bread so it tastes good and i will douse it in olive oil and salt and pepper can i just also like shout out to when you go to a restaurant and there's free bread and they give you a little dish of olive oil and salt and pepper oh, it's man. like one of life's simple pleasures it's so good it's it's underrated there's this place on long island i think there are a few locations called la parma La Parma. La Parma. <laughs> it's my grandma and grandpa's favorite restaurant because they used to live on Long Island. And then they moved to California. And whenever they would visit, we we had to go there. There was one time, this is a tangent, there was one time where we had a bunch of leftovers because they wanted to order everything. 
and we were like driving home and we realized no one took the leftovers there was a big brown bag full of different to-go containers on the table and everyone just thought someone else would get it oh and we were like no did you go back i don't remember but (laughs) we probably did i mean it was a family style italian restaurant which means like i've never been somewhere like that it's cool is that like a thing yeah so we'd order like three entrees and then we would just split them right um so like each dish was like forty dollars like i don't i don't know like there were just huge portions so there was a lot of food left over and we just straight up left without it um but yeah they they would just bring you baskets of like fresh baked like so soft and supple and warm on the inside (laughs) with like that crunchy flaky crust with sesame seeds on top this is do you see my my hand motion yeah this is the sound salt bay I don't know if you can hear that. Put on your headphones and crank it. ASMR. Um, I, I want that. I just want to go to a restaurant and eat unlimited bread with <laughs> vegan butter. There's a place for that. It's called Olive Garden. <laughs> Ooh. But bring your own tub of Earth Balance. So when <laughs> would we be family if we were there? Because what <laughs> I, I hear so. is that when you're there, you're family. Yes. I'm into that. Uh, yeah, I just want to go eat bread and pasta, honestly. Mm-hmm. Ooh, we don't do nearly enough pasta, I think is what we determined. I mean, it's good for our bodies that we don't eat it. Yeah, <laughs> neither much. of us can really be trusted with a, a bowl of, like, it, we never make an entire package of pasta because we can't control ourselves. <laughs> I, th- I have a vivid memory of when I was a senior in college and I lived by myself. I made an entire box <laughs> of pasta because that's just how I cooked. I'd make, like, a lot of rice, a lot of pasta, and then just have leftovers. So I could use it with other dishes throughout the week. But I made an entire box of pasta and I just like, I ate my meal. So like I made a, I made a one portion of protein, one portion of vegetables with the whole box of pasta. So I was like, oh, I'll just put this in the fridge. <laughs> and then I just, I left it in the colander and like I'd go into the kitchen and like I'd grab a handful and I'd go pee past, which is my bathroom was past the kitchen, mm-hmm. grab some pasta. And then it was gone. It was gone. I <laughs> ate the, into- a box of pasta is like 1800 calories. No big deal. Six, 1,600 calories. You were probably running a lot at the time. I was. It was in, I, and I texted my sister, Lauren, who also has this addiction, and I was like, have you ever, d-? she's like, yes. I, I did that once with corn, Trader Joe's used to make a corn pasta. Corn pasta? Yes. It was really good, actually, because like, there weren't that many gluten-free pasta options at the time. This was like 2014 or 2015, right before I was going to start my channel, but I was watching a lot of vegan YouTubers. And the high carb, low fat thing was super trendy where people were eating like 3000 calories worth of just carbs, like just bananas. <laughs> and there's this one lady who was really popular at the time named Freely. And I'm going to make you watch some of her old videos if they're still available. Didn't but like, we? I don't know if I made you, but she would just eat like, like 30 banana smoothie or she'd make a smoothie. She used to call it Daterade. Where you put like <laughs> 10 dates in water and then you add coconut sugar and some like vanilla stevia drops and just blend it up. It's actually really delicious. But I mean, dates are so, they're so sugary. Two dates is like 100 calories, right? No, but she's like an endurance athlete at the time. That makes sense. She was like doing a lot of biking. But her entire thing was like, oh, you can't, your body won't produce fat out if you just eat carbs because there's this thing called what is it, like gluconeogenesis something you know is whatever. that true no oh, okay. <laughs> the entire point was like <laughs> that she was she and her partner were extremely thin but they they were they under 
underrepresented the fact that they were endurance athletes. Right. What they were just trying to sell this lifestyle mm. of just eating only carbs and no fat. So our bodies strictly are like this because we only eat carbs <laughs> and have nothing to do with the fact that we bike 500 miles a week. Right. So she had this one video where she ate an entire box of corn pasta. So I immediately went out and did the same thing. <laughs> Was it satisfying? But you couldn't put anything on it. Oh, they were also into like no salt, like low salt, obviously no, like everything that makes pasta delicious, like butter and olive oil, none of that. I hate these people. None of that whatsoever. So Is it okay I ate, to hate these people I, over this? <laughs> yes. Good. I ate this corn, this, this entire container of corn pasta with this like Engine 2 brand, no fat, no salt, tomato sauce. Hmm. And I... I think I gave myself like an allowance of like two tablespoons of this cheese, but this was five years, five, six years ago. You mean, it actual, was like, you mean real cheese? Y- no, vegan cheese. Okay, okay. But it was at, like, it was so bad at the time. It was like chalk. So I think yeah, I picked it off. It used to be like that. And then I was following Philly Rock Christina at the same time. I don't know if you're familiar with her content, but she just, she's fully raw. She only eats fruit. She also at the time was eating like a tremendous amount of calories every day, like advocating for that. Like 3,000 calories for a woman. I couldn't eat 3,000 calories of raw fruits and vegetables. I couldn't do it. No, it's very, very high fiber, high water. But I would just be grossed out at some point and be like, ah, I can't do that anymore. I'm done. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I was watching a lot of her stuff. So I think like the, ni- the night I ate this gigantic pasta dish, I, ma- I tried to make like a raw cheesecake out of like figs, like a fig crust, <laughs> like fig and date crust with like oats. Uh, I guess oats are not raw, but man it was it was a wild times i use like frozen bananas pureed for the cheesecake filling which is not the same thing i'd much rather eat like one unhealthy cookie than three very healthy cookies sure you know what i mean Mm -hmm. that's just that's just me baby what are we doing for dinner tonight because now i'm absolutely starving oh great i'll cook some more (laughs) i mean i'll help you no, um, I, I think that we will make... A box of pasta? We don't have one. I'll go get it with just <laughs> butter. Uh, I had Chinese chicken salad on the docket. Basically, this... If you guys are familiar with CPK, they make a bunch of like epic salads that I used to love. That's California Pizza Kitchen. Pizzazz Kitchen. And uh, they had like a Thai chicken salad and a Chinese chicken salad. I don't know how accurate the chinese name is but i it's just like shred very finely shredded cabbage and romaine and uh carrots i think there might be like edamame they had like a plum dressing they had some like fried wonton skins in there Mm. and we have some boca chicken like chickenless patties you know the kind that has breading we air fry those chop them up you know what i'm saying you know what i'm saying you feel me um did you over caffeinate <laughs> before the so. podcast on account of uh i got a mocha pot today which is a little pot that you drunk three cups of coffee today no you know you're not gonna sleep right i'm gonna sleep i'm gonna hit you over the head with the frying pan so you sleep <laughs> oh okay forever <laughs> Because you've been like gradually, you've been steadily becoming more fidgety and like. I feel like you're, I'm like, naturally. Up and down. I feel like I have a lot of energy lately, which is funny because listeners, I haven't taken shrooms in a long time. Mm. I had a moment where I took too many and it made me kind of ill. <laughs> so since then, you have. I have a little bit of a, uh, an aversion to them now. I will get back on it at some point. 
because I do think they help me when I dose like every few days. They help keep the mood light. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But I've I felt pretty good this week. I've been productive. I don't know why. I really can't, couldn't tell you why I feel this way. Um, I think it's the vitamins. Mean, the vitamins, <laughs> uh, switching birth control. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That, might, that, that could play into it. It's hard to be a woman. <laughs> Sometimes it is. Yeah. Uh, should we wrap this, this puppy up? Sure. Is there anything else you wanted to tack on? You know, no, I don't think so. You didn't go pee during this episode. No. Usually Sarah gets up and goes, <laughs> she goes and pees and I just... I'm just mouthing pre- to him, keep talking. <laughs> <laughs> no, I can't see you from the toilet from here. Um, all right, great. Well, thanks for tuning in. Thank you. I hope you don't mind the less motivational, you know, I think episode it's good. today. I think it's good for us to just blabber sometimes. Keeps it lighthearted. Yeah, keeps mm-hmm. it loose, keeps it light. All right, well, we will talk to you next week. Thank you for listening. Thank you. Bye.